0: This is Kickin' and Streamin' Podcast. A binge-watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series,
1: and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the very, absolutely fantastic JoJo. Hello, I say to you, JoJo. How do, you do Graham. JoJo, you saw what happened. <laughs> Damn, man. This thing almost blew up my ears. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's never
0: good to, when the opening of your own show surprises you. <laughs> I didn't
1: see that coming, Jojo. I didn't see that coming. I was just saying. This was bad. This was bad. Right. Oh, boy. So, Jojo, how you been, man? I've been pretty good. How about you? Yeah, it was all right. It, 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 was all right. It, it was all right. I mean, these... I think if you're a habitual listener, you'll know by now that we record the show on Saturday and the show comes out on Tuesday. So today was the FA Cup Finals in England and my team, Chelsea FC, was uh, in the finals today against Liverpool. And uh, we played a hell of a game. It went to penalties and we lost and so, yeah, that was the last chance that Chelsea would have had to come out with a trophy this year, and that didn't happen. So, you know, not a great Saturday to be honest, but we are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm still repping Chelsea. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You are. Yes, you are. Yes. I, wear, I wear my Chelsea on my chest, man. Like <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, like <did> that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a great thing, Jaja, that you don't care about no damn sports, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, no,
1: because you don't suffer like that.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm happy for everybody who has a team that they love. But you know, I'm I'm cool with not having anything I love. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> not having everything I love. I don't know. That's what you meant, Jaja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. But that's okay. But I, I think I
1: understand. I think I think yeah. I get what you were you getting at. You know what I'm saying?
0: Picking you, up what I'm
1: putting I'm down. Picking up what you're putting down.
0: <laughs> On the other hand, I'm sorry, but the whole of it is just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm from the beginning. I I can't
1: stop the giggles. So, sorry. Right. Oh my god! Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Jojo, we're getting a black Doctor Who, man. Yeah. We are getting a black Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, after what, my, fifty years,
0: 60, I think, 60 years, right? I think it's
1: coming up on its sixtieth
0: anniversary. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's yeah. yeah,
0: got a wo- got a woman.
1: Yeah, and
0: uh, you now got a, a black dude. So
1: yeah, very,
0: man. I'm very excited because I had not seen him act in anything, and I know he's been in a lot of things, but I just wasn't familiar with him. And my husband played a uh, a clip of him from one of the shows that he's in talking to somebody and I was like, "Yep, I see he- I see it. He's yeah. a doctor. I yeah. completely see it."
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny cuz I read an article this the uh, this week about some dude complaining about Dr. Who, of course. And why? Well, he was talking about how he actually he still watches Dr. Who, but he he's he's being sort of like losing the love for it because um, Doctor Who before used to be a, a one adventure, one completely different adventure, adventure per, per episode, and then mm-hmm. then they started doing the whole continual thing, like a thematic episode, um, season type of thing, and it sort of gets tiring. And I understand that because it, you know Doctor Who, it's it's like. I'm on an adventure with the doctor. Where are we going this time and what are we going to face this time? But the whole overarching theme every every season thing like uh, it it it's kind of boring, and it's tiring and you know, it's it's sort of predictable because you know at the end of the day the doctor ends, ends up fixing it, you know what I'm saying? Right, doctor's going to win. Yeah, yeah. So so I get that. But also from the perspective of a Black kid who grew up watching Doctor Who, he was saying, like, he said his dad just started, got hooked up on Doctor Who in the 70s. And then when the new iteration of Doctor Who came in 20, I think it was 20, 2001, 2002.
0: I think it was 2005. Um, yeah, 2005. So it was there was a movie in 1996 with Paul McGann and then Christopher Eccleston. The show came back in in 2005.
1: In in the, that first that first season, with Christopher Eccleston kind of like followed the the theme of okay, we're gonna get one adventure per episode, and boom, yes. And then once the continu- they continued, it started going like oh, let's do an entire season about the same thing. Yeah. And so Dude was talking about like, you know, he always asked himself for the longest time, it's just amazing how the doctor always chooses to re reintroduce himself in a white dude. Like it's always a dude and it's always a white one. You know. And so yeah. it got to a point where when the Doctor finally re-emerged as a woman. It was like, ah, it was about fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, basically, it, it's only happening because enough people are, are demanding it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not because anyone thought forward enough in the production to say, like, there are more human beings that the doctor could regenerate into.
0: He could choose to be a turtle, probably. <laughs> I mean that wouldn't be a very interesting show, I suppose. But I mean, you know,
1: Slow maybe a talking turtle one. would
0: be fun. <laughs> Slow ass
1: doctor man. <laughs> On owl. Uh, oh yeah. I'm the doctor. Who? <laughs> the doctor. Oh my God. Who? <laughs> I just you know I'm just throwing some shit out there, you know.
0: We're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, why
1: <laughs> just throwing ideas out there man <laughs> and see what sticks through the wall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean I understand that, but nonetheless, I'm I'm happy that we finally got a a black doctor and uh, I'm looking forward. To see what comes next, because it's it's one of those like you got your complaints and shit, but you still you're still faithful to it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's what
0: yeah. it is. yeah my 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 husband is a huge fan and he's really enjoyed this last season. He's sad to see the actress Joe Martin go. She plays the other incarnation, I guess regeneration in generation of the doctor in the series. Uh, Joe Martin, she plays the, the, uh, the black, the black female doctor. Right,
1: right, right. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. He, right. he
0: loves her. He's completely in love with her. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He would, he was actually hoping that she would be the next doctor. So, but anyway, he's kind of hoping that maybe, maybe she'll come back.
1: But, yeah. I mean, they may come back, come back all the time. It's the doctor after all. Time, right. time it's a, travel it's a big... time travel. don't need that much explanation, does he?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, you know, soups, um, what are those things called? Soap operas manage it all the time, and they don't even have
1: a TARDIS, so. They don't. And, you know, the most uh, famous mental illness in soap opera is, is uh, amnesia. Yeah, That's true. It is. Amnesia. Right. So, Jojo, before we get into the matter, I have to ask you, what did you watch this week?
0: So I watched something absolutely fantastic and fabulous. It was not streaming, so it's kind of out of what we normally talk about. But I went to the actual movie theater and saw everything everywhere all at once or Everything Everywhere at the same time. I sound like an old person. But anyway, I saw that movie, and it is absolutely fantastic. It is everything that a film should be, and it defies description, but it is is fantastic. If it's possible for you to go see it in a theater, please go. Please see this movie. It is absolutely wonderful. A lot of people seem to think that it's only about... The relationship between a mother and a daughter, but it's so much more than that. You can take that away if that's what you want to. Absolutely, that would be fine, and it would still be a great movie. But there are so many layers to this movie; it's just, it's fantastic. And yeah, go, 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 see it. Go see it now.
1: Yeah, I, I've been actually very curious about this movie because Michelle, your uh, the, the kind of praises. And accolades that I've heard about Michelle Yeoh's performance here is insane, and she herself gets like quite emotional when she talks about getting this role and finally showing her chops as an actress. So I am curious. So what did you think about that? Is it is it is it over? Is it an exaggeration, or do you really think Michelle Yeoh holds her own in there? Michelle Yeoh
0: will completely blow you away in this. I have not seen a performance like this in a very, very, very long time. The movie itself is really funny. It's also really violent. It's really sad. It's really ridiculous. It's It, it, it really is everything, everywhere, all at once. But she is phenomenal in it. She is... As good as they're saying, if not better, she there's little nuances and little scenes between her and her daughter and and her and her husband and her and her father. And it's I, I can't even describe it's 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 like watching I don't know, like like a, a a greatest artist in the world painting a portrait of you and you finding things out about yourself as you're watching them paint the portrait. It It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. And I am not ashamed to say that at the end of it, I cried like a baby. And not really because of anything particular that happened. It was just at the end of it, there's such a finality, is such a release, and you've been through such a roller coaster with this movie that I just lost it. Just, and it was, it was, it was but it was, it was a good cry. It was a fantastic yeah, cry yeah, for a kind fantastic of movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She is great in it. And I'm going to say his name wrong. Cause I suck at this, but Ki-Hue Kwan, we remember him as being short round from the Indiana Jones movies. And uh, he was in the Goonies as a child actor. I want to know where he's been all these years. Cause this is the first movie he's done in like, I think 25 years. He's been doing like uh, choreography work and stunt stunt. Uh, not the actual stunt work himself, but you know, like coordinating stunts for movies and things.
1: Right.
0: He's so good in this. He is so good in this that I, I want him. He needs to have been in more previously and he needs to be in more going forward. I, he plays a character that is so pure And so innocent and so kind that I don't know how he managed to get this on film. I don't know how, what superpower he has that he got this to happen, but it's beautiful and it's gorgeous. And the interactions between him and Michelle are fantastic. And I cannot say enough about this movie that everybody needs to see this movie. Everybody needs to see this movie
1: well Jojo you know when you say it I see it so so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna have to go and do something about it because it, it's worth braising
0: grave in the movie theater it yeah. really is it really really is because I I think that the the experience of the movie theater even helps with it too because it's a movie that was made for cinema it was made for the big screen it was made for millions of not millions but you know lots of different little yes. speakers and, yes. and to have other people around you too. Cause it, it was, it was fun. The, the crowd that was in the theater with us was into it too. Like, and so they were, we were all laughing together and, and it, it was a nice experience to have that too. So anyway, like I said, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's a fantastic movie.
1: I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. So uh, we're going to go ahead and watch that.
0: And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it either. Because you're either going to be like, Ah. what the hell? I don't think you're going to be like, what the hell? You are going to be like, what the hell, but in a really good way. In a good way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know how it is for me. (laughs) Okay. So for me, I watched the season finale of Ozark. Yes. And... I am thoroughly disappointed and sad about the the way things ended. And I know you want, like, I'm pretty sure that the producers and the writers of Ozark would like you to think that they found a way to not make the end of the show predictable. And if that's what they were going for, of course, they got it. But the fact of the matter is you, you could have gotten us an unpredictable finale with a little bit of catharsis. And there wasn't any of that. Mm. There wasn't any of that. And if anything, and I'm going to, you know, put on the spoiler alert here. I mean, it's been out for three weeks. If you haven't seen it, it's on you. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that for you, Jojo. I don't even know if you've seen it. But I'm I'm saying that you know by this time everybody you know it's not like anything extra special that you have to do other than put put Netflix and watch it <laughs> you know so like it's not right it's it, it's not like it was on for one night so it's been on so you should know by now if you haven't heard for me one person who deserved everything in the show for what she's been through for all the thing that she's endured is Ruth Langmore. And for me, something should have happened to Wendy Bird, simple as that. Justice should have caught up with Wendy Bird. And I am absolutely gutted of the fact that Wendy Bird ends the show unscathed, yet Ruth Langmore dies. It's bullshit. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I, I'm, oh, you know, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because it's the entire. And I know it's a ficti- fictional story or whatever, but you watch these things because you want to see, at the end of the day, you know, something cathartic. Again, there's got to be. I don't know what's happening with series and movies lately where it's giving up that message that you know there are people who simply go through life doing some shit and get away with it forever and ever and ever and nothing ever catches up to them you know what i mean Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i don't think that's what people watch anything for (laughs) you know at the end of the day you are looking for a resolution resolution and yeah. it might not be a resolution that you definitely agree with but you you can see the resolution it i don't even know if I'm making sense
0: <laughs> no i i think i understand what you're saying it's the the quote unquote bad or the is is going unpunished and we really want to see that in television probably because we don't get enough of it in real life am i kind of is that yes Kind of, yeah. you know, because yeah. in real life, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yes. And, and the, you know, the good guys get get put away forever and the bad guys get the slap on the wrist. Yes. So we want some some actual justice. If we can't have it in the real world, we want justice in, uh, in the fake worlds made by writers.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, for the last, I, I want to say maybe three seasons, Wendy Bird became like the main poison in the show. Mm-hmm. And everything she touched died. Everything she, she orchestrated a lot of things because she thought of herself as the only one with, with the answers, right? Because she's a narcissist. Yeah? We've heard this before, right? Only I can fix it. Mm-hmm. So she was the one trying to fix everything. And it was like, and the crazy thing is, every narcissist say the same thing, I'm doing this for this family. You've noticed, you've noticed that I'm doing it for Brian Cranston on, on Breaking Bad, you know, even though at the end he was the only one who was honest enough and said, no, I fucking did it for me. <laughs> you know, I broke bad because for me. You know? But, yeah, the whole idea of I'm doing this for this family and then just getting f- further in and, in and in and in and in and in and taking and taking and taking and taking. And, and nothing catches up to you, nothing happens to you. This is bullshit. That's not what we watch these shows for. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm being a bit too simple in the way I I, I see this. But I I'm, you know, I'm disappointed, I didn't like it. And uh, know, I'd like to hear what if you if you haven't seen it. I'd like to hear what you have to say,
0: I I have not seen it yet, so it, it was on my list of, of things to watch. Well, still is on my list of things to watch. But I I agree with you that Ruth, I'm getting the name right, right? Ruth. Yeah. Ruth is is a a survivor, like a, a fighting tooth and nail survivor, and always. And that's all she did thought. the entire show. He, yeah. So to have her not survive is completely against everything that we've been shown about her and, yes. and taught about her and, yeah. and survivors, even in the real world, that's what they do. They make it, <laughs> you know, they make they it, make it. Yes. they may not make it on the other side, you know, with all their limbs or whatever, but, but they, they survive, you know, there, there's still going to be trauma there. And speaking metaphorically, of course, but um, yeah. So to have her not survive is a, is a slap in the face of that character
1: absolutely through it all she survived through it all she fought and 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 you know you could see the ascending you know the crescendo of of her life and then all of a sudden yeah let's kill off Ruth and Wendy bird gets to live happily ever after fuck off whatever dude anyway that that was my rant end end rant end rant <laughs> Right? (laughs) So, with that said, we are going to move on to the thing that we have done, uh, we are discussing today, right? We are discussing a movie for the second time. We are discussing a content that is exclusively on Peacock. This is a movie that was, I believe, that came out mid-March in theaters, and it is called The Outfit, and it stars... Sir Mark Rylance, and as you know, anything, whenever one of those studios are related to any streaming platform, in a matter of a month, these movies are available for streaming. So because this is a focus feature slash universal movie, then of course, this is what we get. The movie is now available on Peacock, The Outfit. So, Jojo, Tell me what do you think about this movie
0: this is a really fantastic movie this is it's 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 a highly crafted movie uh-huh it's very uh it's heavy on dialogue so it, and it only takes place really in one location a tailor shop and it is it's very a very kind of like a callback to older movies. I feel like this is yeah. sort a of theme with a, for us this year. <laughs> um, but it does, it feels like a callback to some older movies in, in a good way, in all the good ways. And I think Mark Ryland gives a performance that is absolutely brilliant. And I think that this movie is absolutely worth watching and you will love the, you know the less than two hours you spend watching it, it's it's fantastic.
1: Yes, this, is, this movie is about one hour fifty-seven minutes or so, and as you said, this movie could easily be a play. And I think because of the nature of that movie, and I'm not taking away anything uh, from Mark Rylance in that respect, but I think because of the nature of this movie, because it is in one place, it's staged in. It, it's heavy on dialogue. It is everything that Mark, Mark Rylance is made for. You know, if you remember Bridge of Spies, <laughs> it, it was that kind of thing, right? Like the nuance, the talks, the back and forth between Mark Rylance, Mark Rylance and, and, and Tom Hanks. Like when these two were in the frame, you were breathless, And I think this is what Mark Rylance does here in this movie. But you didn't need to see him in order to feel that breathlessness. You just wanted to hear more, even when he wasn't on camera. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But Jojo, of course, as you do, magically, you are going to uh, tell our folks what this movie is really about.
0: (laughs) So Sir Mark Rylance plays Leonard, who is a master English cutter. Don't call him a tailor. (laughs) He uh, trained on The Row, which is a high fashion area in London, known for its bespoke tailor shops. And uh, for some reason, he's in Chicago making beautiful suits for wealthy people in Chicago. But he is... Also sort of running a side gig in that he's allowing the local mobster family, one of the local mobster families, to use his shop as a place to send messages and packages back and forth. So that's been going on for, I think, a long time. He has an assistant a secretary who is played by the lovely Zoe Deutsch. But So there's some intrigue with her. Things are going on okay. There's something isn't quite right. And then two mob members show up at his tailor shop in the middle of the night. One of them is shot and there is a big explosive discovery. You could say of the fact that there is a mole or a rat, as they say in the movie, in the family, the mobster family. And this is, the movie pretty much takes place over one night the events of one night in Chicago, in a mob family, in a tailor shop. And Leonard is the, the, the cutter who is played by Mark Rylance and uh, who kind of masterfully orchestrates the story for us and narrates the story for us.
1: And here's the point about, here's, here's where you know that Mark Rylance is the most fabulous actor you've ever seen. This dude starts the movie narrating, and we, we, we're we used to that, right? Like, a lot of, you know, a lot of movies are, are narrated as things are happening, and, and we get into that. And we all got, have gotten pretty used to Morgan Freeman narrating as things are happening, and we all think that's what narration should be all about, right? Right. M- Morgan Freeman's voice and, and all of that. The thing is, Mark Ryland manages to make this sound almost as if you were listening to a book. And I've never felt that before. <laughs> it's as if you got into your car and then, poop, you put on one of those audio books. Am I right, Jojo?
0: I, yes, I, <laughs> it's funny when he started the narration all I could think was someone who knew what they were talking about wrote this, you know, like, yes. <laughs> like an author would. So, cause he's speaking about, you know, the very esoteric world of tailoring, even though he he doesn't call it that anybody can put on buttons, right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but he's, he's a cutter. So he's a, he's a designer, I guess, essentially he, he, he designs these suits. He does the sewing. He, he makes the suit for the person And so the narration of that is, as you said, it is very much like having a novel or even maybe a a how-to book, but a beautifully written how-to book being read to
1: you by someone who uh, is very interested in the subject. Yes, that's exactly... like it's, It's almost impossible to believe that somebody who simply is a writer or a script writer just went on and said... Look, man, I'm going to write something about how to 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 cut and tailor a, a gentleman's suit. And for me, you're right. It, you have to go and talk to somebody who does this kind of thing, right? And the thing is that these people are not around a lot lately. Like these old school cutters, as he calls himself, do not call him a tailor right? Mm-hmm. There's people, it's a dying breed, if mm-hmm. you will. I haven't met any of these people that is no over 60 years old. The last one I met is an old Italian dude that used to do suits for my brother-in-law and his wife's family in Brooklyn, New York. And he cannot speak like that, you know. <laughs> he could have
0: a mob family, a little bucket in the back
1: too. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> And so so the thing is, now, put this narrative in the hands of Mark Rylans, and one, makes you sound like you know what you were writing about. Two, you can take those words as purely truth as you can, Mm -hmm. you know. And you're right. It sounds like somebody who knows what they're talking about wrote this. And this is how we get introduced to this movie. This movie starts by telling us, this is how you craft a suit. And it makes you wonder, what the fuck am I watching, is it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It's kind of like, okay, is this going to be like a, a fashion house movie? Like, what, what, what actually is happening here? But I, I think it's a great introduction to the character of Leonard so that you understand, because he's talking in the narration, he speaks of when you make a suit, you get to know the person that you're making the suit for. And I think that the narration is a great way of showcasing who Leonard is, because we learn a lot about him in this narration. We learn how intelligent he is. We learn how fastidious he is. We learn how he pays attention to very small details. Yes, we learn a lot about him in just a few minutes of narration, and I think that that's a brilliant way of storytelling. I think it's, it's, it's not... I think it's something that you can overdo and it can be a little heavy-handed, but it's not that way in this movie. It's, it's very well, very, very subtle, very well done.
1: I, also, there, there is a, there's a facet to Leonard that is almost sometimes the way he sits and talks to people is almost the interaction of a therapist and a patient
0: mm-hmm.
1: because he gets things out of you and then sometimes he just initiates things that he wants to know and you end up like, no, no, why did I tell him that? You know, <laughs> you know like I I, can, I feel like that's that's the... When, his interaction, for instance, with uh, Mabel Sean, who uh, is played... Play, masterfully by Zoe Deutsch, is beautiful because he is telling her, I worry about you, but he's expecting her reaction to be, you don't have to worry about me. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can protect myself. Mm -hmm. But the way what he's doing actually is trying to arrive to the conclusion of what Mabel is up to. And you can only figure that out if you watch the entire movie. Yeah. Because... In that conversation, he does sound like a nagging father. And it feels almost paternalistic, insulting, like, yeah, I, I, she's right. She's, she's a grown-ass woman. What the fuck are you telling her how to live her life? But that's not what he's doing, man. <laughs> that is not what he's doing. The man is doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> that's it exactly.
0: That's it 100%.
1: I I tell you, man, I, I, so my story with this movie, I started and I couldn't stop. (laughs) I couldn't stop. Like I went through the entire movie and after I finished again, instead of coming back to the studio and start, and start doing my, my editing, I was trying to catch my breath and reflecting. This is what this movie does to you. Because after you watch it, you have to go ahead and say, "Hold on, what did I just see here? And What just happened yeah. here? Yeah. What was that all about?" And then it all starts coming back to you. I don't know how, how it worked out for you, but that 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 was my experience. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. It was. It was. There are a lot of of. What was a review I read that I liked the way they put it? A lot of moving pieces, but it. The puzzle all comes together very beautifully at the end. You just sort of have to keep track of all the pieces that are moving, <laughs> yeah yeah, and not to say that that's difficult or anything but i I love a movie that doesn't insult your intelligence, yeah, so yeah it's good
1: it's It's one of those things that no no word is said just for the for the sake of saying it, right. No dialogue is sustained for just for the sake of 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 filling it in. There is a lot, like everything is, as you said before, carefully crafted, and it takes the moviegoer through this entire roller coaster of emotions that can only be experienced through words. There's not a lot of action and blah blah blah. And and it's not it's not really being overly twisted. No, it isn't.
0: <laughs>
1: you know. I don't know. I think this is one of those things that we have to talk about. This is one of those movies that we have to talk about because it's it's a special movie and and I'm sure that a lot of people will read the synopsis and just pass on it.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean if I'd read just the synopsis of it. I think I probably would have passed on it too because, well, I would have passed on it because I didn't watch it or even know it existed until, until you mentioned it. So I, I think it's uh, going to be overlooked and I think that's a a shame because there's some great performances here it was directed and co-written by the same writer of the imitation game and Hmm. he, he won an Oscar for that back in 2015, I believe. So, you know, there's, there's someone here who understands the craft of writing. And then the, as a new director, this is the first film he's directed. It's always fun to watch like the first films of, of people who, you know, are going to be good Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. be like, Oh, I can't wait to see what they do with this in 10 years. You know, what, 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 cause this is, this is great. So I just, can't wait to see how they're going to to perfect this and and make it better so it's just this is a great first outing for the director and um it's one that that people shouldn't skip just because the title maybe sounds a little boring Uh, it's yeah it's not it's not boring and the synopsis I, i think doesn't really do it justice but i think it's doing the best it can without you know the the dreaded word of spoilers so
1: exactly Exactly. It's one of those that you really cannot put into words too much because, again, it's an uncomplicated movie, but at the same time, it's a very complex story.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's not complicated, but it is complex. Yes. And the cast in this movie comprises of seven people. And as you said, you don't see another building, you don't see another house, you don't see another room you only it's it's everything takes place in the tailor shop right and that can be a double edged sword if you are especially for a new director you have to be, it reminded me a little bit of maraine's black bottom mm. in that in that in that respect except that we know that maraine's black bottom was a a play uh, had originally been a play So it it makes sense that it doesn't change stages too much. But to make a movie of more than an hour and a half taking place in one room and keeping everybody's attention (laughs) is just an amazing thing. But again, you go ahead and get yourself Mark Rylance, so why not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I read an interview with another cast member, and they are, are, are friends with with Mark Ryland in real life, and uh, they like went over to his house and stuff, and, and the guy was like, you know, once he read the script, the actor was was saying, "Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm on board. I'll do anything to be in this movie." And then when he found out. Mark Ryland was going to be in it. And it was like, I'll, I'll, I'll literally do anything to be in this movie.
1: Yeah, I'll do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but he was saying that, you know, so they did have a, a, a master cutter on set who taught Mark Rylan, you know, for the scenes that that is actually him cutting. That's not like a, a stunt doubles hands or whatever. That, that's him okay. doing the work okay. and the, the co-worker or co ro Co-star was saying that in between takes, he would sit down and sew, (laughs) so so that he would stay not really so much stay in character, but kind of stay in the mindset of 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 the movie and what was going on, and also because he actually was genuinely enjoying it. Like he he was (laughs) like, I I I think I might go home and do this. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So I thought that was I thought that was
1: neat. Yeah, that's that's insane. Only only Mark Rylance. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I was making a movie and they told me how to do this knock and now I can stop. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I've made a suit for everyone. I made one for the dogs, the birds got you one.
1: Know, yeah, man. Fine ass suit, too. <laughs> <laughs> man, you would pay $600 for this. Really? My has made it for me. So good. <laughs> how did you know he made a movie? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the cost then. Zoe Deutsch as Mabel Sean. This girl does not get intimidated if she is. If she doesn't show it. Because the most interaction with Mark Mark Rydens is is she has. And she goes toe-to-toe there, man. She's good. She really does.
0: And they have a really nice chemistry there. Yeah. A really appropriate chemistry for the, the characters that they're playing. And uh, she's, like you said, she's very good at it. She's not... She's not scared of anybody.
1: Yes, she is not. She's she's, she's over there doing her thing. And so we've seen her before in the film Everybody Wants Some. And then a Netflix comedy series called The Politician. Have you watched it ever? I have not. I know that the series is not old. It started maybe sometime last year, but I never got interested in it. The politician show. I'll have to check it out just to see what what it's all about, but I don't think the title was really that great. Yeah. Know? So I was like, yeah, another one of those. <laughs> yeah. So we've been blabbling about Mark Rylands for the entirety of the movie of of the show, so you know, Mark Ryland's Sir Mark Rylands is uh one of the greatest out of out of Britain, and he is considers himself a man of theater, and he'll do a movie every now and then and crush it. <laughs> so, whenever you hear that Mark Rylance is in a movie, just go watch it. I'm, I'm, I like seriously, just go. And by the way, I, I think I've told you this. I didn't know. Uh, have you seen the movie Don't Look Up? Yes. And he's in it. I didn't know
0: that was Mark (laughs) Rylance. I know. (laughs) Like,
1: who is this dude? Yes. Who is this dude? And I forgot to look up the the cast and whatever. And it wasn't until an interview with Mark Rylance about the outfit that he mentioned, like, yeah, the last one I was, was Don't Look Up. And I had a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so that was my crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was dope, man. Yeah. I was dope. It yeah. was a funny character, too. It was, like, really, really great. <laughs> it was good.
0: <laughs> I have to say, in this movie, and I don't know if this is just because I, I, I look for my father everywhere, because, you know, that's what you do when you miss somebody. But in this movie, the character he plays reminds me of my father. Something yeah. about the way he is his posture is and his sort of quiet but has something to say when it's important does that make sense yeah, yeah yeah and and also has and not that my father was a cutter or a crafter but my father was a you know a an artisan in his in his own right in his field of work and yeah. kind of the similar mindset that people who are master craftsmen have so um, I think that's another reason why I enjoyed this movie so much because I was like, he reminds me a little bit of my dad, like just mm-hmm. and and in looks too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, like in real life he wears a hat everywhere. Mm-hmm. And in most of his characters, <laughs> um he wears a hat too. Mm-hmm. Or, like... or a wig. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? I, I I guess he enjoys hats. <laughs> You know, it's like yeah, I wear a hat. Tracy Ullman has a a funny character about Mark Rylands. If you if you can if you have show time and go, you can go back and watch the old Tracy Ullman show. She does this thing with Judy Dench and Mark Rylands. It's freaking amazing, <laughs> dude. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Come on. <laughs> She's too good. All right. Let me just... Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tangent. <laughs> uh, Dylan O'Brien played Richie Boyle. All right. Cool for him. Uh, I, I,
0: don't yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. For me, he was... Towards the end of his performance, I felt like he was doing better but i i don't feel like when you compared him to some of the other cast members that he was quite as as great as they were exactly i felt like he was playing a part i mean he is playing a part but i was like i i can tell you're playing a part i can tell you aren't this guy yeah
1: yeah especially with the the weird accent uh, like a yeah like a streetwise accent kind of dude like like no yeah, it, weren't, weren't there. it wasn't there. Yeah. Wasn't
0: there? Like the the character itself, I don't know how much meat where it was on the bones. Anyway, but it's still, I I think it, I think a different actor might have been able to.
1: Yeah, no, of... we've seen that before. We've talked about this before. Like, ca- you know, characters that really aren't that important, or as you said, have that much meat on the bone. Yet, a good actor takes that character and makes you feel everything about it. Yeah. introduces you to this character where you're like there wasn't much of a dialogue for this guy but I could feel it yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I, I didn't get that here
0: I didn't um, yeah. not that he was jo- bad but he just no. I feel like he could have been better yeah Yeah. Uh,
1: Johnny Flynn on the other hand held his own mm-hmm. and was a believable sadistic asshole yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you, you could you could tell you could feel it you know, yeah, man, the length that this guy was willing to go is <laughs> an amazing thing. So, so kudos for him. Uh, in that, he played Francis. Um, my dude is South African, actually. Uh, and he played David Bowie in the film Stardust. Okay, yeah, so. Hmm. Cool, man. <laughs> That's awesome. One person who had, like, a brief moment here, and all of a sudden, like, she lights up the screen for me, is uh, Nikki Amuka Bird, man. Yes. First of all, it was it was a bit surprising, because whenever they talked about the La Fontaine, I always thought about a bunch of dudes, too, a bunch of French dudes, you know. But it was her, and... You know, she even managed to throw a couple of words in French and I was like, Yeah, sounds all right. (laughs) You know. But her interaction, you know, like she commanded the scene and made you believe that that she was the power behind the La Fontaine uh the La Fontaine crew. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was I was surprised, like you said, when she walked in, I was like, oh, and then just her performance, she she ruled the room and she definitely was very powerful. And I was like, I I I, I like her. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I know she would just, you know, shoot me in the back, but I, I like her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and she was lovely too. The old dude was played by Simon Russell Beale. Mm-hmm. He, on the other hand, was also like <laughs> When, when he had his little interaction with Leonard, I kept thinking to myself, and really that was his son? like see, Because it, the dude looked the part, played the part, and he, he scared the fuck out of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With his, you know, he had this this way that he addressed you that always made you feel like you were under suspicion, which is what these mobsters do,
0: yeah,
1: right? Like, I don't quite trust you. And even when I'm being really nice to you, I'm trying to get something out of you. And and he did that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. I, I felt it. So I, I don't know. What he, do you think?
0: He was brilliant. The scene in the in the shop where he starts to pick up the shears and then there's a discussion between him and yes. Leonard about the shears and then they, they he shows him his gun and they talk about that. That's a great scene right there. Yes. It really yes. is and it's like yes. two actors really at the top of their game with well, a very simple scene. You know, it's not a, it's not a complex scene. It's not or it's not I should say it's not a complicated scene. It is complex in the sense of of the, the emotions and the and everything that's going on in the, under the surface, but it's a I really enjoyed that scene. It's a good scene. It's two really good actors really showing off to each other. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what you you could call it, you know. By the way, you know, Simon Russellville is a CBE. uh, So that makes him a commander of the British Empire, which is sort of like a knighthood.
0: There's a lot of British people in a movie about Chicago. (laughs)
1: i know which is fine which
0: is kind of funny
1: (laughs) yeah yeah zoe doge who's from california and and richie boyle the dude that played richie boyle from new york other than that everybody else is from somewhere else you have (laughs) two englishmen one south african and nigerian-born british actress so that's that's it, man. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a <sir>. lot. <laughs> this dude, Alan Mehdizadeh, he was monk, the sort of like the muscle for uh, Roy Boyle. Yes. As soon as I read his name, I'm like, okay, my dude is definitely of Iranian descent. Um. He is also a British-born, but there you go, British-Iranian actor, because... Of course, mekh dizade. <laughs> so, yeah. Fantastic movie and I um, I knew you were going to like it, Jojo. I just didn't know how much you were going to like it. <laughs> so, I'm glad you did, man. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. I'm glad you
0: recommended it cuz that was
1: It's it's been fun talking about this movie with yeah. you, you know. What I mean? Yeah. Not that the other times it, it's not fun. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> But it was a movie that I geeked out so much about because movie critics and I'm not a movie critic by no account, but we do play that part every Saturday when I record this podcast. In every one of us there is a frustrated, unachieved actor. <laughs> and uh yep. I like great acting. Yeah. You know. If there's anything that we do Within this podcast is call out motherfuckers that we see, just making that money, and not really <laughs> working hard <laughs> to make that money. We do that, and we know how to fish them out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and when you do it, I've never disagreed with you because I know exactly what you're talking about. I can <laughs> see it too, and I think vice versa. So this was seven really great actors. But take out Mark Rylance, Zoe Deutsch, Nikki Amuka-Bird, and Simon Russell Beale. You had you had like almost the perfect cast, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Flynn was great, but these four people really stood out for me.
0: Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. There's a there's a bit of of storytelling in this movie that I I want to know if 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 you noticed because. I loved it so much and it's so subtle and I, I want to know if I'm the, <laughs> I hope other people notice it too. So if you notice in the movie, during the whole movie, during the whole night, he's making a suit. And he's yeah. talking about making a suit. Yeah. And at the end of it, he's making the suit for himself. <laughs> yes. And it is such a, a beautiful piece of storytelling because he's explained to you the whole time about how when you're making a suit you're you're learning about the man. The and man he, and you're kind of making the man, if you will. Yes, yes. And so at the end of it when you realize that the suit he's been working on all this time has been one that he's it's like his master craft, you know, his his perfect suit he's actually made for himself. I just was like, "Oh my God, it's perfect!" And I loved that the movie wasn't like, "And this is the suit," which you know I feel like yeah, <laughs> every yeah, American yeah. movie would be like, honing in on everything. But it's just so subtle, and I just I loved
1: it. It's just a beautiful piece of storytelling. You're right. I did I did notice that, and it was like, "Ah, okay, cool." Yeah. The the, the other thing I I also liked is that he actually told your story. Of his past without flashbacks, yeah, yeah, and you could see it like you could see it happen. Yeah, like I went right there when yeah. he was telling what happened, and I'm like, everything he said, I could, I could actually visualize it. There was, there was a, a, a the experience was almost like reading a book. Like when you are reading a novel, you rec- you create all of the characters, all of the places that are described in the novel. Yeah. In your head. Yeah. You know, like the first thing I do when I'm when I start a novel is every character I'm like, oh, if I was making a movie of this, who would play this? Who would play that? I don't know if that happens with everybody, but that's 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 my thought, the first thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's weird when you are watching a movie and a story is being told without showing you, without giving you the assistance of playback or flashbacks or whatever. And that also happens to you as if you were reading a novel. So there's, there's this element there that was cultivated in this movie that I've never seen before. Yeah, I don't know. It's never happened to me with other movies.
0: Yeah. When when he says, "I met my wife, I met Vera, and I fell in love,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he says, "And then Lily was born, and I yes. fell in love again." Yes. And that's all he says. That's all you need. It's all you yes. need. Like you, yes. you can see Vera and Lily, and you yes. can see yes. him with them. And it's it's it gives me goosebumps thinking about it.
1: It's an amazing. Right? The outfit. The movie is called The Outfit, and it is available on Peacock. It's possible that it's still in in the in the it theater. It is possible.
0: So. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. know. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, because because like I said, the only reason this is already available on Peacock is because it's a focus feature slash universal movie and much in the same way that everything Warner Brothers after a month or so goes to HBO Max so everything Paramount after a month or so goes to Paramount Plus that's the case here with studios that are associated with these streaming platforms but so if you don't have Peacock check check out your your cinema uh, nearby maybe this movie is on yeah and and if, no, if you want to stream it somewhere else and there's ways to do that, we ain't going to tell you because we don't do that. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Very well then. So <laughs> is that time where we have to say a bit of a goodbye here for today? Right, Jojo?
0: We're all done, I think.
1: We are done. So watch this movie. Tell us what you think about it. Uh, comment on YouTube, because of course we put this on YouTube. Comment also on our page kicking and or wherever else that you listen to this show so if you would like to know where to listen to the show other than apple podcast google podcast and whatever we have the entire list of where this podcast is available on what platforms on our website kickingandstreamingpodcast.com at the same time when you're there you can also check out our page of buy me a beer. Uh, is it buy me a coffee? No, buy me a coffee. <laughs> buy me a coffee, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. think about beers all the time. So. <laughs> if you've ever thought, if, you're, if you've if you listened to the show before, this podcast, and you've ever thought, man, you know what, I'd like to buy a coffee to, for Jojo and Graham, you can do that. You know, we can do it a one-time thing, or you can do it a monthly thing. You can find Jojo on Instagram, only on Instagram, as KNS Co host. And then me, you'll find me as Mr. Putseta. that's M R P U Z Z E T T A. For me, for Jojo, this is goodbye, folks.
0: Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.